0: Digital technologies and on-demand experiences are transforming all industries. In dentistry, we have gone digital inside the clinic. Now it's time to expand virtually beyond the clinic to impact and reach more patients than ever before. In this podcast, we discuss the mindset, tools and strategies you can implement to grow your practice, work more flexibly and offer your patients the best options digital dental care brings. I'm Dr. Alok Shukla and welcome to Beyond the Clinic. Hey Pratik, great to catch up with you today. Um, Good to see you. I'm really excited to talk with you and discuss more about the financial options that dentists may want to consider at three different stages, as we talked about either expanding your practice or setting up a new practice or, you know, introducing a, a second practice. And so great to talk with you. So tell us a little bit about your company and a little bit of a background about yourself.
1: Yeah, thanks, Alex. Great, great to uh, talk as always. Um, so we're business Finance. We're funding specialists for all types of business and property owners. In, in this case, we do help uh, specifically for this conversation. We do help a lot of dental practices and healthcare professionals when they're looking to either purchase practices or grow their own own practice. Uh, our key USB actually, and I think this is really important, yeah. is banks are now starting to shy away from providing business owners with relationship managers and that's where we step in because it's very much about helping and supporting you in achieving the funding that you're looking for and where you don't have that help and support it can be difficult you don't know where to go to you can't compare the options on the market so that's where we come in
0: so traditionally we're a a brokerage firm uh, but we are definitely led by that relationship part of things No, that makes complete sense. Like we met through NatWest, right? Like, uh, and so like, and I have the own experience myself, like I had really great relationship managers before and I don't, I don't have that now, you know, like, so, so, so so that's where our conversations kind of like came because there's so many options and products. It's difficult to kind of know where to kind of go, isn't it? So I thought like what we could do is why don't we start with the kind of like, let's talk about one scenario. So like COVID hit, you know, people are back at work now, but there's different delays Different capacity issues, practices need to kind of maybe look at how they can expand either accepting online payments or also um, adding more equipment to maybe increase the capacity. So a practice owner that's already got an existing practice and wants to expand with equipment or those different types of things, talk me through like what what kind of options and what, what things could they consider basically? Yeah, it's actually a, a really hot topic
1: at the moment because dental practices were initially highly affected by what was going on with with, with coronavirus. Um, and, and, and I'll give you a very good example of this, which is practices we were advised by a lot of our clients that they had to have a longer down because of the restrictions behind one patient after the other in, in, into one of the surgeries. And a, a, a huge amount of funding that we did was around asset finance. Um, typically, we do this for chairs, uh, machinery and equipment, you know, um, extra machines. Excuse my knowledge on particular dental, <laughs> <and> <laughs> uh, but we do fund a lot of it. So that's the technical side of things. But we did a lot of extractor funds. Okay. I assume, and it sounds, it sounds a bit boring, to be fair, the context of, the converse, on this, of this conversation But actually, it's important because we had dental practices that had downtime of 40 minutes. So doing one and a half patients an hour with these extractor fans, they were able to bring that downtime to only uh, 15 minutes. So that's four patients an hour. That makes a huge difference. And all of that funding is doesn't require you to put up your house or, or, or anything like that because it's secured against the asset itself. Typically, you're able to get up to 100%, 95 to 100% of the value of the product. You would have to cover the VAT, but that's about it. And it's very seamless because you provide an invoice, you provide your accounts, and that's it. It's quite light touch. But within 24 hours, you can have the funding ready for you. Then it's all about bringing the product in and, and, and the timing. So that's a very interesting interesting product. You know, Touching on, on, on that side of things, there's also unsecured funding. Okay. We find that um, dentists where they might not necessarily own the practice that they're operating for and they're on a lease, this yep. becomes a bit of a challenge when they're looking for a, a good a good amount of funding. And when you're looking for up to 500K, you can get that unsecured. And that's available to dentists. And actually, you know, something that you're probably aware of is dentists are, dentists are well-loved, healthcare professionals are well-loved
0: by banks because there's a low default rate for dental practices. But that's good. So, so like you said, like, being able to increase your throughput and your capacity because, like, obviously, if clinics are digitizing, they want to obviously do what they can do online. But at the same time, when they people come into the practice, they want to maximize their turnover because otherwise, you know, they they're limiting how many patients they can help and how 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 um, profitable they can be. Essentially, right? Like, so so you talked about the asset finance element. You also talked about um the um equipment element of it as well. Like, one thing I was going to ask about is like different card payments and different elements sometimes can do different amounts of time for the cash to hit your bank. Isn't it right? Like a, what different options are there maybe available there? Because cash flow is the whole thing at these days. Isn't it? Right. So.
1: Yeah, so so just on that point itself, I think it's very important. People don't always ask the question when they get their merchant providers so or for their card terminals. They don't always ask the question, how long is it going to take for the money to hit my account? Right, yeah. so it's It's a very important question for people to ask. But there are two types of funding that can, in, in the relation, relating this to funding, there's two types of funding. One is merchant cash advances. So you can use the, the turnover through the card terminal to to um, confirm that you have the affordability for any type of funding. So what they do, this what that means is, let's say you had a short-term funding need, we would do a merchant cash advance, that's what it's called, and okay. the repayment of that facility is done on a percentage basis based on the, the turnover through the card terminal. So you would pay a percentage, every time someone pays by a card, you would pay a small percentage
0: of that towards the loan repayment until the loan's fully repaid. Okay, so let's say, for example, let's say a practice is doing around 50000 a month, for example, on card payments, right? Like, um, so, they've got their normal bank overdraft, maybe, right? Like, and they don't want to change anything there. And they maybe want to, like, see how they could leverage the existing cash flow that's coming in from the cards. You're saying that there's a way to leverage that 50000 which tends to come in in, in in a different way. So, they. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is about this actually for dental practice, now, this is a. You'll always have to find the right product for
1: you and the cost-wise. So, that's the most important thing because merchant cash advances can be costly if okay. you need them for a long term. But if it's short-term funding you're after to plug gaps, then it can like, be a what- Short-term funding, like how long would you say? Like for example? Short-term funding, I would say is up to six months. Okay, you know? so less than six if months. If you're gonna go up. Six to twelve months, let's say, because I say if you're going past twelve months, then unsecured funding is what you're looking for, which is a capital injection. I want to touch on working capital facilities particularly because merchant cash advances form a part of that, but there's also working capital facilities which are specifically not a replacement, but a top up to overdraft facilities. It's something like a revolving credit facility. I've got dent- dentists and dental practices who use these facilities for pro- uh, prosthetics. Again, it's the the cosmetic dental surgery side of things. Yep. Because they've got to buy in the tools, equipment, materials exactly. for a lot of this stuff before they go on and sell it, working capital facilities are very good because they need that funding for a month
0: to three months. Exactly. And then then, then the revenue starts to come in basically from that. Exactly. exactly. So there isn't a value in getting a loan over two years when you only
1: need the money for a couple of months. The rates for these things are higher typically. But when you work it out on a per annum basis, it's higher. But actually, if you work it out on a month per month cost, it's a lot lower. And that's this is why it's very important to make sure that you, when you speak to someone, they
0: fully understand how much funding you need, what you need it for, but how long you need it for. Exactly. So let's like, so let's just say you've got like your two surgeries and you're noticing that you're full in those two surgeries. You're dealing with like COVID backlog or whatever like this, but you had a third surgery or you thought, okay, I've got a consult room, but I want to add a scanner into that consult room and see people at different times for like a 3D scan. And let's say you talk about you know, plantar te- teeth straightening or whatever. So you've got increased capacity or whitening um, to your normal two surgeries. Something like that could either be asset finance or depending on your business plan and your growth goals, you could potentially use... Um, like you said, a cash advance or something like that, basically, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. A working capital facility. For, for equipment, definitely asset finance is the way forward. Okay. Um, you can get a lot of equipment on that. So marketing. Balance. So maybe a marketing campaign you could probably use a cash advance on. Like if you if you yeah. knew that like you were going to do something which would then help generate more turnover and you don't want to, you don't want a long-term loan for that basically because you want you want to do like something. Yeah, so, so in the so, so here's here, here's a question for you do you have anything in the dental world in, in terms of
1: patient care and the likes do you have anything that you've got to buy in advance where you've got to pay for that in advance but then you're going to then supply it to your essentially your customer your client your, your patient in your case and it might take maybe 30 days before you from the time you buy it 30 days for you to
0: then provide that service or sell it on on to the client There can be. There can be. So it could be, let's just say, like some complex implant work where you're buying like guided um, equipment, the drills and all that kind of stuff. There could be that kind of stuff. And you have a few cases coming on later on. And, you know, maybe the dentist might even want to tie in that kind of funding for a course plus the equipment or something like this, because they know that like adding this will then allow them to like add in this new high margin procedure. And then help them grow. So it means that they can unlock basically a new revenue stream, isn't it? Right, like using if they know that okay, it's going to take six months to basically get the implant side kicked off or get the liner side kicked off or snoring, sleep apnea parts up kicked off, but I need some equipment and maybe some training. That could be something that they could kind of like look at together, maybe like that, like equipment training and a marketing campaign or something. So. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that you could help with the, the snoring, sleep apnea thing actually. <laughs> I didn't know that was, a, that
1: was a thing, but no, you're absolutely right. I think um, it, it's all about how do we ease off the bumpy cash flow because sometimes yeah. you go and invest in something that it's going to take you a few months to recoup that. Even if you want to spread payments out, a good, a good example used is courses. You might have a course where you've got to pay a big amount upfront and actually, could that money be better used for wages, for marketing, for something like that? Spread it over three, four months, nothing wrong with that. I'll tell you another, just one quick area, which is probably something that people don't consider as much as VAT funding. Okay. During COVID, the HMRC were allowing people to pay their VAT bill, the quarterly VAT bill, over three months. They were allowing them to do that. We've recently found and it's not just a dentist, but a lot of clients. We recently found that they like the idea of getting a VAT bill and then spreading the payment over three months. A working capital facility, they are specific VAT loans over three months or working capital overdraft where you pay your VAT bill up front essentially the funding comes from whichever funder we select and then you just repay that back in stages of three months it's a clever way to use working capital facilities because yeah. it, sometimes it can be a huge bill that that bill can can come up and you're thinking well that's a huge chunk of money going out and i had it allocated for a new or share the money's time. already it spent in
0: your mind right like for other exactly. stuff like which is sitting in so that's that's helpful to understand so let's let's switch to another demographics let's just say you're an associate you're working during covid um, and you think you know what my principal is like um, not needing me as much and I've always found to have my own practice. What's the route there? So like, let's just say that they want to like set up their place. Maybe they want to kind of like do it by renting a place first, buying some equipment, build up a patient base and then expand. Like talk me through like what could be available to like a younger dentist or someone looking to... Do it themselves essentially.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's an area that really excites me actually because it's the more interesting funding um, than your bog standard. But that would typically we look at secured types of funding. Okay, um, let's use an example of a an up and coming dentist who's been in practice for a few years, got the experience because experience is a big thing. Any yeah. bank lending money will want you to have a good grounding. But if we can demonstrate that on the back of a CV. Actually, like I said, the banks love dentists, so they will support them very well. Now, let's say they, that dentist wants to buy, has seen a practice that's operating, the existing dentist wants to retire, that's typically the, the story we see, that we can look at purchasing that practice. If in that scenario there's a freehold element there, that really does help because the banks will do up to 80% of the freehold value and up to 100% of the goodwill. Now, every lender has their threshold. But yeah that there is a maximum there available, i.e. they will fund a good amount of the practice purchase, up to 90% of the funding required to buy a practice that banks will support with,
0: which is a huge amount compared to other industries. No, 100%. But you said it's like secured, right? Is it always secured? Is it not possible to? Because when I first set my practice in 2009, I actually got it was unsecured at that time, basically, right? Like, um, to set up a squat practice from an at that time, actually, like, uh, is that still available now? Yes, yes, yes. This is what I mean by,
1: it. it's, it's probably one of the only sectors, uh, apart from GP practices, that, that, that type of funding is available from the high street banks. Wow. Unsecured funding has been available from, from a lot of lenders in, in, in the recent history, but high street banks have always provided an unsecured element to dentists. So that would be a goodwill loan, essentially. Yep. And like, like I say, when there's a bigger practice, usually there's a secured. element element and there's a goodwill element but if you are only going in to buy the goodwill of the
0: practice and take on the lease the banks will do 80 to 100 percent of the goodwill yes. which is that, a huge amount that's a huge right? amount and then so if you do your if you plan your marketing do your you know inc- you're going to introduce new cosmetic procedures you're going to like hit the ground running you can then you know s- take the existing cash flow and, and, and help grow that and, and and so it's quite an exciting possibility that like it's basically available the opportunity to kind of own your own practice to, to pretty much any dentist with the experience and desire really isn't it right like yeah and I guess I think the challenge for
1: most is to find the right practice but once they do the banks back you and I think the, the the thing for anyone who's looking at this, and I think this is not only for aspiring dentists, but also dentists who are looking at setting up a, it's even easier, I guess. When I say easier, it's it's more looked at favorably for dentists who already own one practice and are looking to buy a new one. And I, and I think this this ties in with also dentists who have taken a, a goodwill loan. We've got one at the moment, client of ours who's taken a goodwill loan originally, but now the practice has come. So when I say the practice, the building's come up for sale. Okay great investment because he's looking at the future why not own the building that he's operating out of? you know so it works really well so this secured funding the goodwill funding all ties in very well with either a new dentist wanting to buy a practice a dentist a dentist who's got one practice and is looking to buy another and expand and grow yep and also for somebody who is got a lease on a dental practice and uh, has asked a landlord that look i want to buy the building as a future investment no longer pay rent instead of paying rent I'll pay a mortgage repayment. And they usually end up being nigh on the same within a few hundred pounds. And asset finance comes into this as well. The reason I'm bringing this in is because you asked about new dentists and I think the daunting thing is, well, I've got the building now. I'm in here. Some of this equipment's old. (laughs) How do I refresh it? And asset finance can really help. You can get new equipment on asset finance. You can get uh, chairs and and, and all sorts. And it's important because it's
0: available to people who are buying new practices. Sometimes you think you need your own money. No, exactly. And I think that's great. Like, and I think like, Talking on like the people that want to open up a second practice on their way to getting a third or something like this, like so. How does that work, right? So let's just say, for example, your practice is already profitable and you're working your practice. You maybe reduced a little bit down your days, and you spot there's a great practice, or maybe you want to open a new practice from scratch, or you've spotted some opportunity. It, you're saying it's more favourable then, isn't it? Because they've got a history track record with yes. the first one, isn't it? So,
1: so an important, I think, something that people should know is that when you are let's. The first scenario, inspiring dentists coming out of a practice wanting to go into their own. We will require, the banks will require, and and for that person, we will require the accounts of the target business that you're going to get. So the important thing there is that the target business, the the financials for that, so the year-end accounts, will need to be profitable enough to afford the funding. Yeah. Slightly out of your control, but hopefully, you know, you want to buy a practice that's profitable anyway. And most of them are very well profitable. There's a good amount of goodwill in there. The reason why it's easier or looked on favorably for an existing dentist is because we've already got the track record, as you said, but yep. you've now got the financials for the existing practice. But you've also got the financials for the up and coming practice that you're about to either build, which will be forecast driven, or you're going to buy, which will, they will have year end accounts. So now there's a huge amount of uh, income for, for the banks to use for affordability metrics.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So, so, yeah, sorry. So, like, so when you've got your, so let's say if you've got the second one, and then you were going to try and look at a third one, like, so how far can you go with, with like, with, with like, the, the bank lending and, and those kind of elements, essentially? I think it's uh, more a
1: question of, for the dentist who is looking to grow, how far do they want to go? Okay. Because, like I say, it's a very favorable industry, and it's a time capacity thing more than anything, because, actually, I I don't think there's a limit. Okay. As long as the proposition makes sense, is profitable, and the loan repayments can be met, then there isn't a, a cap necessarily to that. Because we do have groups of dentists where they've got anywhere between five to 10 practices, and they will all be funded at very, you know, varying levels because they will repay some loans. Different well. loans for each one, basically, right? Like a, and, and, yeah, exactly. But the affordability has got to be there, and that's why I say it's the financials. And without getting into all the technicalities, it's the EBITDA of the business, the, the goodwill element, and that's where we come in, really. We'll, we'll help you. You know, we do the whole management of send us accounts. Let's do a Zoom call or meet face to face and go through this and work out if it's affordable and do we need to put forecasts together because you're gonna you're only gonna buy another business if you're gonna make it more profitable or
0: make exactly. your own more profitable. That's a good place. So I think that's a good place to kind of like go towards like the, um, the the end so you guys offer a lot of hand-holding in that relationship basically isn't it like that like many people have like lost from the banks like you said isn't it right so like so, yeah. so if someone didn't was like saying that okay i want to grow got these ideas, and maybe I want to kind of understand a bit more about, you know, I think I might need these bits of equipment, but I'm not sure whether to use some of the cash, or use this, or different things. You could help them with that, basically. least, if I like help them with it.
1: Yeah, and that's why I encourage people, My, and, and this is for everybody, really, but, but particularly in this sector, I'd say to people, if you're thinking about it, let's have a conversation 12 months before we execute, or up to 12 months before we execute, because planning to borrowing is just as important as the actual exercise yep. of doing the borrowing. Getting the information together, and there's no there's no harm in you know picking up the phone or, or sending an email to inquire to find out what does it take, because that's what we're here for. We're here to give you the information about how you might go about it. The exercise of then getting it over the line comes afterwards because if you're anything like me, you need to know how you're going to do it before you yeah. go and actually actually go and obtain that funding. You've got to plan for it, and, and you've got to make sure it's right for you. And sometimes you, you'll have the conversation, you think, okay, I'm not quite ready yet. There's nothing wrong with that, but. It's so hard to gather that information where do you get it from you can do a bit of online research but you want a one-to-one because you want someone to tell you about your scenario not about the dentist who is you know maybe not in your location or in a different situation that's perfect and so where can people reach you if they want to come and get in touch so um you can re- reach me directly on my on my phone that's uh, the the main way people like because people like to talk these days but obviously of course by email as well uh you can come through our website Uh, if you want to just put an inquiry through. So we've actually got, um, we only employ ex-bank managers. And I think that's a good and a a bad thing sometimes. But particularly, we've got expertise in healthcare. So we've got ex-relationship managers who specialize in the healthcare sector. And that's really important because they know what underwriters want to see. They know what underwriters are looking for and what the banks are looking for. So they can definitely hold your hand in making sure that you can get what you're looking for in terms of funding
0: well it's fantastic talking with you i'll put the links to what you um, recommended in, in the notes and everything like this and then um, yeah you know anyone who's looking to get more funding look at how to grow basically how to turn your ideas into reality it's great to you know talk to people that can make that happen so thank you very much
1: brilliant thanks a lot thanks for having me
0: thanks for joining us and connect with us at www.gobeyondtheclinic.com